0: I am your host, Brad Roland. It is uh, deep into the night here on Friday evening as the Atlanta Hawks fell by a final score of 124-109 to 109 at the hands of the Oklahoma City Thunder. On the road in Oklahoma City in this uh, on, the, on this fine evening, and honestly, that's not a big surprise. And The Thunder were 13-point favorites. This game teetered somewhere between 10 and 22-ish uh, for most of the second half. The big swing in the game was the second quarter, which, which we'll talk about here on the podcast. But, uh, you know, in general... Um, Not a ton of surprising um, things. There were a couple of surprises, I will say. Well, on the whole a pretty uh, status quo loss given the way that Vegas pegged this game and the way that you might think this game would go on the road last game of a road trip against a much better team so that's sort of the backdrop of this thing also the Hawks played without Jeremy Lin in this contest which is definitely uh, noteworthy he was uh, he was still questionable uh, made, it, made it through the first wave of the injury report as questionable but was ruled out about three o'clock eastern time today that makes sense to some degree I think you know there was some video circulating of Lin at shoot around and looked uh, look, look pretty good there. So people were, people were asking me what I thought about that obviously I'm not in I'm not I'm not in Oklahoma City, so worth noting that. But I think it does make sense if there was any question at all about Lynn's ankle, they would give him a couple couple extra days because the Hawks now after this game have two days off before playing at home on Monday against the Warriors and that's a game that you're definitely gonna need Lynn in to be honest they need Lynn all the time but especially against the Warriors with Curry supposed uh, supposed to be back on Monday that's the spot where they're gonna need Jeremy Lynn so holding him out here didn't make sense I'm not sure that he would have made the difference to win this game so it's just something to file away for the future but you know Lynn would have been very useful in this game I I have to say but it's just one of those things and uh, this is the second second straight game that he missed and uh, we'll go on from there the rest of the rotation was sort of intact we'll talk more about that as we get going here, but no other um, massive injuries. Tyler Dorsey did, did return in this game, which we'll talk about. He, he only played crunch. Time, I'm sorry, garbage time in this game, but other than that, uh, Alex Poitras is still unavailable, but the rest of the roster was available in this game, and uh, there you go with that. Um, at the outset here, the Hawks actually uh, got off to a pretty slow start. As they're prone to do, some, sometimes this season they were down eleven to three in the early going. There was an air ball from Torian Prince. There was a um, Russell Westbrook going right at Trey Young immediately uh, with, with a couple of different plays, including in the post, um, also a wide open three um, to Alex Abrines that prompted a timeout from Lloyd Pierce. who was not very happy with the defense early on, and really the entire game. I thought he was pretty uh, pretty composed in the post game interview, but I think it, it was pretty clear throughout this game that he was pretty. Uh, Animated by his standards. Obviously, you know, in the arena, you can't always see what he's doing. You almost get a a better idea on TV in some ways, given where we have to sit at State Farm Arena, uh, of what he's able to um, do because you kind of just see more of the expressions on the television camera. But he was very animated. Even Bob Rathman on the broadcast was talking about this is probably the most animated he's been all season long. And that's not a huge surprise. He was uh, fired up a couple times in this game. There was a nice uh, response from the Hawks in the first quarter, though. An 11-0 run that uh, included a great weak side block from John Collins, who was very good in this game. Um, There was one bad shot from Trey Young that that caused sort sort of a visible reaction from Pierce, and after a timeout, DeAndre yeah, Bembry came into the game as the backup point guard from there. I think Young uh, made, made it a point after that particular play to not take a ton of uh, perimeter shots. In fact, only took only to three threes in this game, and uh, that was probably not a coincidence. I think he was probably said something too. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I think it was a uh, pre-Stark after that to see him not shooting that kind of aggressively, From the, and, that, and that was definitely a bad shot. You know, There are some shots that, that Young might take and just miss that are good shots. That was not a good shot, and uh, Pierce did not seem to appreciate it. Um, there was a second unit after that of uh, Kent Baysmore, Gianni Benbury Justin Anderson, uh, Maurice Spellman, and Alex Lynn. That was pretty much the second unit most for most of the night. Vince Carter did not play in this game. No word on whether that was planned or not, but I think it's definitely clear uh, more and more that he's now sort of on the outside looking in at the rotation. There'll be nights when he plays, but um, he's not a member of the every night rotation anymore now that John Collins and everybody else is back. Oklahoma City did not score for almost five minutes. They actually kind of were shooting themselves in the foot a little bit in the first quarter, allowing the Hawks to hang around, which is worth noting. But uh, all, all, all things considered, a pretty good defensive quarter for the Hawks in the first quarter. They, they forced six turnovers. They played pretty hard. Second quarter was not so good uh, on either end of the floor, honestly. Uh, the Thunder had a 13-0 run to push their lead up midway through the second period. It was a 20-3 overall run from the Thunder to go up by 19. There was a technical foul on Trey Young during that stretch. That uh, was very, very clear frustration from, from Lloyd Pierce also. Uh, Young was actually 2 of 10 from the floor at the half. He slowed down after uh, sl- slowed down after that in terms of uh, volume, but just pretty inefficient all night long. The Thunder had 10 points off turnovers just, just in the second quarter alone. They also had seven threes in the second quarter alone, and that led to a 30. 30- to 20 lopsided margin that everyone seemed to be referencing after the game it's pretty clear that was where the game swung and from there it was kind of all, all catch-up mode and the Hawks were just never able to really make a huge dent in that number in the first half the Hawks had an 88 offensive rating a 126 defensive rating it's going to get you beat most of the time obviously um, on either end of the floor it really wasn't much in the way of positives in the entire first half overall um Second half was better. You know, Lloyd Pierce did talk about sort of the small victory of winning the second half. It's a little thing. I'm sure, I, I'm sure people will laugh and scoff at that notion that it, that it matters at all. But they did. They did sort of play even with the Thunder in the second half. Actually, winning the second half is pretty noteworthy in some ways. Uh, a nice big start to the third quarter from John Collins, who was great again in this game. Uh, Could have been bigger. I will say that Torian Prince had a really bad turnover in the fast break that I thought would have uh, been a nice little swing for the Hawks. He uh, just misplayed, m- mispassed. Um, one it should, probably should have been a lob to Collins. and ended up throwing a ball out of bounds. Still, a 14 to two run from the Hawks early in the third quarter to get back within 10. At that point in time, it's, it seemed like the game wasn't over. Um, you know, for the rest of the way, it did kind of seem like it was not going to happen for the Hawks. But for a brief moment mid third, you know, getting getting within 10, there was at least some puncher's chance there from the Hawks. But after that, it was kind of all, all thunder for a while. After that, going back up, to, going back, back up by 20 or so. There's a bit of a fracas with Russell Westbrook tossing the ball at at the Hawks bench in the third quarter. Vince Carter was very not happy with that. He sort of of got teed up, um, tangled up with him a little bit. Pierce was pretty animated himself during that stretch. That's sort of Russ Russ being Russ in a lot of ways, but that was probably the highlight in terms of the um, extracurriculars in this game. There was... um, Oh, also worth noting that... um, Lloyd Pierce went to Miles Plumley late in the third quarter in this game, um, in place of Dwayne Debman, who was benched the rest of the way. We'll talk about him more later, but Debman was not good in this game. Actually, you know, most of the time I would not support playing Plumley, but in a game with Stephen Adams you know, going to Plumlee makes some sense, and Devin was really bad, so I couldn't really come back off of the top of that. Um, at the start of the fourth quarter, the Hawks were actually got down by 15 again. At the end of the third, but at the start of the fourth, and immediately went to 20, and from there it was kind of back and forth into that you know 14 to 18 point range most of the way on the way to the final score. The Hawks did score 63 points in the second half, which is uh you know encouraging in some ways. The offense was much better in the second half, but still, it wasn't the entire package was not good enough to get a win. Uh, overall the numbers don't look terrible for Atlanta 100, 109 points they had a 101 offensive rating which is pretty bad honestly but if you take if you take away the um, the second quarter it'd be actually pretty good it's just one of those things where one bad quarter will cost you as we've talked about all season long and the Hawks had one bad quarter in this game they shot 45% from the floor 31% from three did miss eight free throws for 12 of 20 that's not gonna, that's not going to work most nights either um you know offensively they did have 20 26 assists which is pretty 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 good pretty good ball movement for the most part uh, Pierce did reference after the game that he thought the Hawks made too many uh, home run plays, quote unquote, and that sort of led to their turnovers. That was the biggest issue for the Hawks' offense this, in this game, and really for the defense as well, because they had 21 turnovers leading to 31 points for the Thunder. Oklahoma City is very good at turning people over and also scoring off turnovers, but still, 21 for 31 is really bad in terms of that. So, just for comparison's sake, the Thunder made 22 turnovers of their own, but only, the only, uh, that one led to, led to 19 points from the Hawks. And a lot of live ball turnovers for Atlanta. Twelve steals, seven blocks from the Thunder. So yeah, just one of those things where turnovers kind of bit Atlanta. wasn't wasn't all that. they also missed some shots from the perimeter, et cetera, et cetera. But that was the biggest uh, story of the night. And defensively, just couldn't hold the uh, Thunder in check for the entire game. 52 52 percent from the floor, 44 percent from three on 41 attempts. That's a lot of threes for a team. in the Thunder, I will say, the Hawks' game plan made sense against the Thunder because the Thunder don't they normally don't have a lot of shooting. You know, outside of Alex Sabrinas, there really isn't anybody that's going to just scare you. To death as a shooter. And to be fair, Breenis had seven threes out of the 18. But Paul George, three of eight. You know, Russ, you're going to let shoot most of the time when he wants to. Patrick Patterson the same way, Dennis Schroeder the same way. So I was okay with the game plan. Breenis is the one guy you couldn't leave and you left him a lot, but that's that's kind of a problem. And that bit them throughout the game. But defensively, you know, a 114 defensive rating is not going to get you um, very far most of the time. It's not. It wasn't awful, at least objectively awful throughout the game, but still a better team won by, uh, by what they're supposed to win by in this game. Before we get to the individual stuff, as we always do, I do want to take a moment to thank everybody for subscribing to the podcast and remind remind those who have not done that to go ahead and do that uh, just now. If you want to click on the subscribe button on whichever podcast player of choice that you have, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, you know, Google Play, all those places that you like to listen to podcasts, we should be there. If we're not there, please let me know that and we'll get that fixed. But after a short break, we'll come back and talk about the individual play in this game. Okay, and we're back to talk about the individuals. We'll start on the bench in this game. The um, the, the number one highlight guy on the bench was Alex Lynn, who I thought played very, very well. 19 points, five rebounds, and an assist, and a block shot for Len in 23 minutes. Seven of 14 from the floor, three of six from three. Something that good friend of the program, Tyler Jones, is pointing out to me during the game, and uh, rightly so, is that Len has not been hesitating. He's been shooting the ball when he's at, when he's asked to shoot it. You know, six six three point attempts doesn't really scream Alex Len to me, but at the same time when he's open he's shooting it and uh, doing so confidently his stroke looks pretty good so he's been kind of a revelation with that i think len just played well he was by far the best center on the, on the floor for the hawks in this game we'll talk about we'll talk about devin more later but len was very good and uh you know recently you know after after sort of a rough spell there was a stretch early on in the season maybe not early on even sort of m- maybe midway through the season so far in which hawks fans were really sort of started to turn on len a little bit he had a couple of bad games in a row and when it's bad it's bad for len but in general, it's been a pretty good, pretty good season for Lynn so far, and he's pretty young, and I like that. I like that contract qu- quite a bit, and I, uh, I still do. I think it's a good buyout opportunity, and you s- sort of see the progress in him a little bit in this game. I, want, I actually want him to play more by the end. It didn't really matter in the fourth quarter when the game was out of hand, but Len played very well, I thought, and that's a good place to start on the bench. Elsewhere, there was two guys who didn't play much, and that was Miles Plumley and Tyler Dorsey. Plumley, seven minutes, six points. Actually, it gave, us a, it gave us pretty good energy. It was plus one in his little time. and actually was not pure garbage time there. He came in in the third quarter. You know, the game was probably over at that point. They were down by 20 ish, but I thought Plumley did play pretty well. In his small stint, Tyler Dorsey played four minutes, two for four from the floor, four points. Uh, sort of did Tyler Dorsey things down the stretch, but not too much of a sample size there to, to discuss. Justin Anderson, 11 minutes off the bench. Uh, he actually played a little bit less than I thought. Actually, I, th- I felt like, well, you know, as I'm looking at the box score, I felt like he played more than that at the same time. Anderson's clearly in the, in the rotation for now. We'll see how that looks moving forward. But seven points, two assists, and a steal. His defense has been pretty darn good this season. So good to see Anderson playing uh, pretty reasonably well off the bench. Kent Bazemore didn't have didn't really have much going here and had some bad turnovers as well. At least the two that he had were pretty ghastly in nature. Minus 15, eight, eight points, four rebounds, four assists. Did have four steals, which is worth noting. He was very active defensively but offensively sort of kick the ball kick, kick the ball around a little bit Mazemore sort, of, sort of prone to that when he's not playing particularly well he's sort of just slapped with the ball in his hands that's probably his biggest downfall offensively and sort of really his ugly head in this game he's one six from three as well so not not the greatest Mazemore game in the world uh, which is worth pointing out And the uh, last two guys on the agenda, Amari Spellman, had some nice moments, made a couple threes, but still defensively had some really rough moments, as he usually does, seven points and two rebounds. And DeAndre Bembry, last but not least, 19 minutes for him, eight points, three assists, a steal, two turnovers, and a rebound. Um, Bembry defensively played very well, I thought, especially when uh, guarding Russell Westbrook. Bembry prone to highs and lows offensively. It's something we keep saying on the podcast, but when he's bad offensively, he has some really bad moments, but when he's good, he's sort of electric as well off the dribble. So um, some nice moments here from Bembry. I, I probably would have seen him ha- actually played him a little bit more probably in this game if the game had been close late because of his defense. And Pierce did praise his energy level and his defensive uh, sort of tone setting from the team uh, in this game. But I thought Bembry, you know, highs and lows, but a pretty decent overall performance from him. To the starters, um, the I guess we'll start with the highlight here as well. John Collins 19 points and 11 rebounds, best player on the floor for the Hawks in this game. Um, you know, no big surprise there. He might be the best player for the team overall anyway. So you know, Collins is good. There's no question about that. He had a nice third quarter, which I mentioned before. He's still not, still not shooting the ball very well. 0-3 from three. He's gonna sort of, I mean, it's still struggling a little bit from three. You know, Collins came into this game not shooting the ball well from three at all. In fact, it was 15% for the season. It's a very small sample for him. This is only game eight for John, but still, the shot is not really coming around so far. This this year still, he played very well on the on the uh, on the whole. And honestly, he probably should have had a bigger night because the Hawks just couldn't get him the, couldn't get it, either couldn't or wouldn't get him the ball um, in some certain circumstances where he probably needed to get it more often. So, you know, some of that's just bad entry passes. Some of that's just bad uh, offensive um, engineering on, on the uh, perimeter from guys like Baysmore, um even her at times. But you know, Collins played well. He was probably the the biggest bright spot in this game outside of Lynn uh, would have been Collins. Torian Prince, 15 points, two rebounds, sorry, three rebounds, two assists, two steals, and a block. Had a very nice block, I will say. I am all, I'm quick to put on his defensive flaws. He had a very nice block shot in this game. Defensively, overall, it wasn't great, but it wasn't terrible either. 6-12 six, six, from the floor, 2-5 from three. It was a decent Torian Prince game. I think uh, he was he sort of should be lumped in that class with, with um, Baseball and Bembry in terms of guys who just kicked the ball around too much. That pass that I mentioned earlier that should have been a Collins layup was one instance of that, but you know, Prince on the whole wasn't terrible in this game. I thought he was pretty, pretty solid, and we've sort of beat him, beat him up a little bit this week so we'll leave him alone on this particular podcast trey young nine points eight assists four rebounds and two turnovers i didn't do too much on the homecoming story in advance of this game i think a lot of people did that which is fine it was it was his first game back in oklahoma city uh, as a i guess full full-blown pro regular season game they did the hawks did play in tulsa in the preseason which sort of gave a lot of that stuff as well but you know young had a lot of family there etc cetera, etc cetera. didn't play particularly well here you know some nice some nice passing as he always has the shooting was rough, 4.15 from the floor, 0.3 from three. A lot, of, a lot of that was just poor finishing, honestly, um, which is going to happen. You know, Steven Adams is very good around the rim. Even Erwin's Noel is very long as a pretty good shot blocker. So not a huge surprise that he would struggle at the rim in this game. Uh, you know, I mentioned this before, but he didn't take a ton of jump shots after the uh, first quarter or so, which is probably OK. But, you know, even Pierce talked about after the game, he was prompted, obviously, you know, being being in Oklahoma City. He was asked specifically about Lynn, I mean, about Young quite a bit. And... Cool. You know he didn't he didn't kill him by any means but i think he pointed out that just one of those things he he has trouble finishing at the rim and that was the biggest culprit in this game of why he struggled also talked about him playing off the ball and just the fact that he's not ready to do that really most of the time uh, he feels as if um, young is best um, utilized with the ball in his hands some of that scheme for the Hawks. Some of that's um, also his own, his own individual talents. But he referenced the 20 game mark and just not he's not going to be ready to be good off the ball right away. They know that's a growth process for him. Something I've been talking about since before the season even started. Young is going to have to get better off the ball, but it's not going to happen right now. And I think you know, even Pierce said that kind of more frankly than I would have thought that he would have. But I also totally agree with him, is that he's definitely an on ball player right now. We'll see how we will see how he he matures off the ball, but there's some more growth to be had there. Uh, Kevin Herter, five points, six rebounds, four assists, two steals for Herter and three turnovers for him. 25 minutes. Pretty quiet, only three shot attempts. I keep thinking I want to see Herter just shoot the ball more, be more aggressive, be more you know forceful with the ball in his hands. I did say, you know, during the game, I got a text from someone around the league. It's kind of the best way to put that. Um, you know, some I have a lot of friends that either work for teams or, or cover the league nationally, etc, cetera, et cetera. And uh, I, I think pretty much every pretty much every game, someone reaches out to me and says I like Kevin Herter in some way, in some form or fashion. So either to like what he can bring to the table he's very skilled but I think he's got a long way to go we'll see obviously the maturation process there but just a pretty good pretty good solid across the board game just not too much in the way of fireworks considering he wasn't very aggressive but a nice uh, decent game from from Herter. Last year, uh, Dwayne Debbin, 17 minutes, two points, four rebounds. Did have four steals, which is kind of random for Dwayne Debbin, but four turnovers. I thought he was really bad in this game. I think it's probably the worst game of the season from Debbin. I was okay with them going to Plumlee, which tells you all you need to know. Granted, I did say during the game, and I think I would stand by this, is that if you're going to go to Plumlee, just go to Spellman or Collins at center at that point in time, especially because when Plumlee first came in the game, it wasn't Adams on the court, uh, it was uh, Noel. But at the same time, you know, it sort of sends a message to go to, go to Plumlee there. Deadman was really bad. I do think he's had a couple of bad games here. Uh, you know, more than a couple, I would say. The last week and a half or so, he's been pretty bad. Um, I think Len's been playing better. There's no question about that. I was pretty vocal early in the season that Dedmon was the better player. He should be playing over Len. At this point, I do think, you know, looking back and sort of taking the big picture view, I think if you asked me to win a game today, I probably would tell you Devin's still a better player than Len. With that said, Len's been playing better for the last week and a half, two weeks. So that's something to just keep in mind. And also, of course, Len is signed beyond the season and Devin is not. So a lot of dynamics in play there. You know, Len is known for his inconsistency. So this is probably a good probably a good stretch from him. We'll probably see another bad stretch or two or three this season from Alex Len. But, you know, Devin, just speaking for his, for his own self in this game, he was very bad. This is my, maybe the worst game he's ever played in a Hawks uniform, I will say, and it's pretty pretty strong. I, I've seen I've seen them all over the last you know year and a half or so. Devin was really bad in this game, and I think the Plumlee thing was sort of the um, indicator of that. But I think bef- well, well before that, we, I, both uh, Kevin Sherrard and I pointed that out. I believe uh, Tyler Jones did as well a couple times. Um, the guys who pay attention to this stuff very closely, Devin was just really struggling. It's kind of not a, not up for debate in this game. He was just bad, and that happens every once in a while. So, um, that'll do it for today's podcast. Um, I apologize for being a little bit rushed. I'm still a little bit under the weather. Hopefully the voice is coming back. I think it sort of is. And I sound uh, pretty, pretty normal at this point in time. So, thanks for the patience on that. Um, it's Friday night. Uh, no podcast until at least Monday because of the fact that the Hawks are off this weekend. And once something crazy happens, it might be a trade, I guess. <laughs> I'd be pretty surprised about that given that it's just now December. But, uh, you know, barring weirdness, no podcast until next week. But uh, please subscribe to the podcast. Please tell your friends about the podcast. Thank you for uh, listening to the show this week. It's been a very sort of a jam-packed week, starting with Tower Jones and then mailbag stuff and three games. There's plenty of content to catch up on if you missed it. um, Most of it still stands up, I'm sure. So please go back and listen to that and subscribe and download. And uh, thank you for your patronage. We'll see you guys next week.